time for more movie thoughts, reviews, and royal commentary from Richard Fitzwilliams and Natasha Wanton on the Midweek Drive. feel like dancing of course the nolans had a hit with i'm in the mood for dancing we're all dancing all over the place because congratulations to one of our fine filmic critics for their bafta scenarios i can now reveal the officially sanctioned scores they are indeed sorted through richard fitzwilliams his predictions of the baftas got a magnificent six and natasha wanton because she diligently completed every single category has won with seven. She's actually done the thing. Natasha Wanton has succeeded. Congratulations, Natasha. Uh, Richard obviously uh, had, a, had a moment of, of, of pride. He felt it's all right. I've done the best now. I actually just gave a top 10. You diligently went through all of the others, including outstanding uh, animated feature. And you even got the adapted screenplay uh, correct as well. So that's where you actually sort of managed to score seven as opposed to Richard Fitzwilliams six. So there we are. Bonus time, Natasha. First time entry, how do you feel? I'm in complete and utter shock. 
because I sort of was looking at the BAFTA results and I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking Richard's got this. I'm thinking he's done me. And, and that's that's fine because it's my first time. But no, okay, wow. That, uh, well, Richard great. stopped having a perfect score because he didn't get Best Supporting Actor. He didn't get Best Actor. Uh, and that obviously was uh, a challenge in terms of just let the, let the, let the, left the pathway open for your good self, Natasha, which is, which is great stuff there. So are you set to go head-to-head for the next one, of course, uh, in which we uh, discuss the Academy Awards, otherwise known as the Oscars? Yes. Yes. Bring it. <laughs> Sounds like a challenge there, which is brilliant stuff, as we welcome Yaz de Graff to the airwaves as well. Uh, also sending best wishes to Kathy. She's a bit poorly today. Uh, well, never mind. Don't worry, Kathy. All will be well. You'll be psyching yourself up to the return to live broadcasting. Yes, Natasha, if you happen to in Australia, find yourself at a little bit of a loose end uh, at the normal midweek drive time between 5pm and 7pm in the UK, which is probably right about 2 or 3am in the morning in Australia, or even earlier, you can tune in to our first live stint since uh, the Prime Minister uh, actually uh, put us into lockdown two years ago. So we're doing live with Zoom and so on. It's very exciting in so many ways. That Um, sounds incredible. Well... There you go. Uh, of course, the show has been continuing and will continue to do so, despite the fact that uh, colonialism is very much to the fore here. Rebecca English uh, writing in the Daily Mail, uh, William and Kate. Again, they're making they're having a huge embarrassment here. Uh, she's in a they're in a tour storm, uh, the charm offensive uh, to actually visit uh, the Caribbean and their first stop of the Caribbean tour had to be cancelled because they hadn't sought permission to land their helicopter in a field. Richard, uh, again, this is the beginning of the end of the monarchy, isn't it? Well, I mean, first you do, let's put it a little bit of proportion. The visit is, of course, as you know, to Belize, Jamaica, and also Bahamas. Uh, It's obviously to commemorate the Platinum Jubilee year, but underneath this there is the creeping republicanism. Barbados became a republic. Jamaica has politicians have promised for decades it's going to be a republic. It just simply hasn't happened. I mean, this is back in Michael Mandley and Edward Siaga in the 1970s, 80s, 90s. Um, it's inexorable, <laughs> Richard, just as, uh, as sure as eggs is eggs, as sure as our prime minister can make ludicrous comparisons between the Ukraine invasion and Brexit, it's going to happen. Well, I mean, so far as uh, the actual incident that you're referring to, it so happens that uh, Fauna and Flora International, which William is patron and the state, had um, a disagreement with the uh, particular village uh, and the community that um, they planned their first engagement around. And normally these royal visits go like clockwork, so this really was a surprise. But I think uh, overall, I mean, there's Kate and her early years, there's William and the Earthshot Prize. I, I, I think overall it will uh, go perfectly smoothly. But yes, it's a very unusual kitsch to have on the first engagement. Well, uh, so it goes. Let's move on, because uh, clearly it's nice to see that Adrian Lyne, if he ever actually does give up filmmaking, has got a great career in marriage guidance counselling, because uh, as with Fatal Attraction, as with Indecent Proposal, as with Deep Water, I feel as though not only do we have the classic signatory aspects of the auteur that is Adrian Lyne in terms of lots of rain, lots of splashing, lots of water, various other bits and pieces, but you also get a guide in why you should never actually use your mobile phone whilst driving. Not only is it illegal, but technically you could come to a very sticky end. No spoilers, 
but it all fits into place. And I worry about the little, little dog. And don't get me started on those snails. Richard, in deep water? Well, I mean, deep water, which opened online and not in cinemas, which is a bit of a pity. Uh, the reason, of course, this movie, uh, which has had on the whole poor reviews, uh, may amuse but also disappoint, is, of course, the link uh, that Alex has just referred to it with Fatal Attraction. Now, the trouble there is that Fatal Attraction, that bunny boiler of a movie, which really had shock value, Michael Douglas, Dentless, and so forth, uh, in the 1980s, I mean, it, it made a, a fortune and it became famous. This will do neither. But nonetheless, Anna Damas is, uh, I think, um, I'm, uh, I've been following her since Knives Out, and then we had her in No Time to Die, badly scripted scene, but uh, she was sensational. Uh, she plays Melinda Van Allen. Meet her, you'll want to get to know her better, I suspect, and there are dangers in so doing. She's a nymphomaniac, she drinks heavily, and she taunts her husband, played by Ben Affleck, husband Fick. Richard, um, Richard, it's even worse than that. She doesn't like Old MacDonald had a farm. I mean, that has got to be a big... I mean, who doesn't like Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O? I guess the daughter, they have a daughter, Trixie, played by Grace Jenkins, who keeps singing that. So rather irritatingly, I thought... Old MacDonald uh, had a farm, e -I -I -O. Don't work in childcare, Richard. I really, really And on yeah, that farm, he had some... Oh, no, Alex, please, we need some, some uh, sense of decorum here because what back, you've back got here. what you've got is uh, back, Melinda, back bringing, Melinda bringing her lovers to the home she and Vic share openly displaying her infidelities now he doesn't seem quack, to like everywhere quack quack they, they, their marriage is deteriorating Alex please attend there is still passionate intimacy but they also have rows now there are disturbing aspects to Vic's character he's a very very quiet type. Uh, he doesn't, in fact, show very much character, but he retired after making his money inventing battlefield drones, so that does seem to indicate someone who's pretty sinister. And there's an inner rage when he meets his wife's lovers, and also... Wonder why? Well, she accuses them of lacking passion, and he admits he isn't normal, and then we've got the laboratory, which has a variety of different types of snails, so it's all pointing to the fact that he is rather strange, and indeed, when one of his wife's lovers goes missing, he intimidates his successor, Melinda's affections, Joel, played by Brendan Miller, by telling him that he'd killed him. That passes it off as a joke. Uh, but it does seem that those who have relations of one sort or another with Melinda have a habit of disappearing. So uh, it's glossy. It's uh, New Orleans. Uh, it's um, perfectly cast. Uh, ben Affleck has very little to do other than uh, have a very, very strange look. It's built as an erotic um, psychological thriller. Frankly, the plot's nonsense. I wasn't looking for, after a while here, a great deal of tension. Anna Armas is well worth it because she's an extremely consummate actress. I find her very, very sexy. The whole point of this movie is that it's supposed to be erotic and sexy, and a lot of people haven't found it that at all. Ben Affleck's the perfect foil. He is appears, appears a bit sinister. I mean, it seems to me this is a perfectly harmless movie at a time when we've had a pandemic. Uh, and harmless, Richard, harmless. 
what about what about the snails? They didn't actually sort of necessarily were yelling. They almost got eaten, and they ended up in a very pretty pretty pickle. Well, I mean, the point is, this is perfectly well acted, uh, but what it lacks and what Fatal Attraction had was uh, drama and indeed the powder shock. But nonetheless, there are twists and it's fun, I thought. Certainly, I, I enjoyed it more than most of you seem to have. Well, game, Ben Affleck obviously was peddling like Batman in many ways to actually just even begin to catch up with that uh, uh, automobile. I mean, it's... Well, no, the automobile, I enjoyed the chase. I thought it was hilarious. In fact, I was roaring with laughter at Tracy Letts behind the wheel. He's also had an affair with uh, Melinda, you see, so he may end up in problems. Uh, no clues, no spoilers. I, I mean, quite honestly, this is... Perfectly harmless fun, as it were. Mm. Yes, but not very good for marriage guidance, I wouldn't have thought. And Tasha, as, as someone recently into wedlock, this is not necessarily a movie that you turn around and say, yeah, I, I think I'm going to actually use these as role models for the wanton household. Oh, I think Melinda would be a fascinating role model for those who like that sort of thing, which I mean, no, some people do like being taunted and humiliated and so forth. The Duke of Windsor was an example. No, 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 he was. He was a famous example. There's an interesting theories that have going, been going around for years that the reason that he fell for Mrs. Simpson, and he always liked married women, always went with married women, uh, was the fact, was this, this desire to be humiliated. Mm. So, you know, I, I assure you, Alex, you might pay, you wait till, till we have the um, a movie by Jacques Audiard next week on this topic. But in fact, mm. we don't mm. no, 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 there are many cases. Uh, You're suggesting that similar thing could be happening with Meghan and Harry. Let's just hold it there. Natasha Wanton, have you actually seen this particular movie? Is it one which you tend to think, what happened to that little dog who effectively was was so cute, but at the end of the day had to cope with the nightmare of, of being in the back of the car whilst a maniac is driving? Yeah, no, I haven't seen this movie. And to be honest, I probably won't. It's oh. not... Yeah, I, I am aware of facial attraction. Um, I have seen clips of facial attraction. Oh. I do not, from the trailer, believe this has the same gravitas or drama. Um, I yeah, it, it, the the chemistry between Ben and Anna seems to be the only thing that's sort of selling it for me. They do seem to have good on screen chemistry. Oh. Um, just the minutes that I've watched of the of the trailer, but yeah, this isn't. Oh, the end really credit awesome. alone, the end credit with the little child in the back singing to "You Make Me Feel Like Dancing." It's wonderful, you know. It's tremendous, you know. She does all. It's just it, go 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 and see it for the child, if nothing else. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. Water. You haven't told us, by the way. You never do. You don't tell us. But I was protest. Sorry, I just want to pick him up because firstly, he did. He he appears to have seen this one and won't rate it when he doesn't. Well, see I'll it. give it seven out of ten. What? Seven out of ten. I agree. <laughs> Why? Wow, the world must be coming to an end. I mean, yeah, I, yes. 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 Is, is, is this one for yourself? Um, I'm quite torn. I feel like I wouldn't watch it, but something intrigues me, but something does it. It's kind of like a push and pull situation. 
It's the dark side of your character, as you see. There's a dark side to many, and that's why I could resist watching it uh, quite early on a Saturday morning, as soon as I knew it was out, because of fatal attraction and because, uh, you know, there's there's an evil part of all of us, I think. No, Richard, I'm, I'm shocked because I thought you were much more a Flashdance fan, uh, Jennifer Beals and the pose in Flashdance, or possibly Indecent Proposal, which also uh, treads this water at uh, that time with Demi Moore in the role that uh, effectively Anna de Armas takes on, the, on board for this one. Uh, verdict, according to Empire magazine, despite his erotic thriller credentials, a uh, line makes a tepid return to the director's chair with a rather basic adaptation of an intriguing uh, marital character study that uh, Affleck studies to enliven. Uh, they give it a huge two stars uh, yeah, for yeah. Empire magazine. Uh, that gives you a general sense of uh, how uh, obviously the, uh, the the press are actually indicating this. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> cinematically it's very good. Uh, and if you like Leo Sayer, you love this movie because basically you make me feel like dancing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and Earl MacDonald, of course, having a farm. Let's not get hurt about this issue because obviously not John, who was obviously in uh, the delightful world of heaven and actorial routine, but this time William, no relation has obviously uh, passed on into a whole new world and um, effectively will no longer be with us, will he? Uh, he will not need, and uh, he was probably best known, certainly for his Oscar, um, uh, his Oscar success, as the gay man who cross-dresses, who shares a cell with a political prisoner in Brazil in Kiss of the Spider-Woman, which I saw many years ago and was most impressed by. Uh, they, but, I mean, there's very little doubt he had considerable presence in a whole variety of movies in different parts, opposite Kathleen Turner in Body Heat, um, playing a lawyer, and it was a pretty erotic movie. Uh, he was um, teacher. Richard, teacher. Is it the spring that's actually got you sort of? Uh, is the sap rising? Is that the reason we're going down this erotic thriller routine? Well, I, I can only say that I'm doing an obituary of an actor who is one of his best roles, considered one of his best roles. There are five of them. And going down that, I, I, uh, well, you wait till we get to Red Rocket. That's all I say to you if you're interested in, in the, uh, the erotic, although it certainly isn't. Um, Body Heat was a notable role, Teacher and Children of the Lesser God. Uh, that was uh, as well much praised. He was a reporter in Broadcast News, which was a, it was a very good film indeed, and he played a mob boss in the history of violence, and indeed he also uh, had a role in Marvel movies uh, later in the day. So General Thaddeus was, Ross, no less. It, yes, it... it I mean, it was a, an impressive career, and uh, yes... Um, a very sad passing in his early 70s. And you missed out one of his greatest incarnations, of course, that of the uh, Stanley Kubrick and Steven Spielberg jointly directed uh, Artificial Intelligence or AI uh, movie, which in so many ways relaunched the whole 2000 issue with Haley Joel Osment, uh, just wanting to be a blue boy. Uh, or please, Blue Fairy, make me a real boy. Natasha, uh, William Hurt, have you seen any of his movies? I've seen, I haven't seen some of his earlier stuff and certainly not the eroticas that Richard's talking about. Um, but you know, I obviously will have seen it. I've saw it in Marvel. Um, I think I've seen the AI movie that you're talking about, Alex. I think I've seen at least clips of that movie. Um, but yeah, it's not a, 
it's a name that I know, but I wouldn't necessarily be have been able to put the face and the name together, if that makes sense. Uh, yes. Did, did he cross over to the joys of Bermuda? Um, well, not not in my views, but probably definitely other people's for sure. Mm. Well, it just goes to so generations. And remember, of course, you're a long time dead. So it's the bits that you do in between being born and passing on to the whole thing that's really significant. Uh, where are we going with respect to Red Rocket, Richard? Is this something which you kind of, you would say that, you know, if you're a charismatic con man and a washed up porn star, you see, worry, you see, Natasha, well, I'm slightly worried about this. Next thing, Richard will be actually singing the praises of Fifty Shades of Grey, the whole trilogy. Oh, no, 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 I won't. And I certainly didn't see any trilogy. I mean, it's... Uh, that was a yeah, you say, you say that now, but really, you know? Well, I, Red Rocket is on in the cinema and has just opened. Deepwater is a movie which has got a lot of press and has just opened. So I would point out to you, I try and spread it around. And uh, with Red Rocket, yes, you've got a 17-career-year absence. He's in Hollywood. He's been a porn star. And we meet Mikey Saber, played by Simon Rex. And he returns to the broken-down uh, Texas City hometown where... It's inhabited by, goes to a home who's to be lived in by his estranged wife who can't stand him, Lexi, played by Belle Ilrude, and her mother, Lil, who also absolutely loathes the sight of him, played by Brenda Dice. They both know he's uh, an absolutely immoral, um, totally, uh, he lies, he exploits, and all the rest of it. He, I mean, there's absolutely no redeeming features whatsoever other than a certain physicality, which, of course, has a certain appeal, as we will see. Uh, so he begs them to let him stay from the couch he moves in with his ex literally and also he does job or job, jobs around the problem is he's got a 20 year near 20 year gap in his cv where in hollywood once a porn star well you're always looking to go back aren't you so the problem is uh he makes it's an unfortunate money. turn of phrase richard always looking to go back please let's keep it to let's keep it above board you know don't frighten the horses and my my point with this guy, he well, good at one thing that's selling pot. So Leandria, played by Judy Hill, arranges it so he gets some money. And so he takes uh, Lexi and uh, also Lil to the local donut shop. And who is behind the counter? You will find Strawberry, played by Susanna Son. And, well, when he sees Strawberry... He's attracted, hangs around the joint. They start a relationship. And, well, it so happens that he wants to get back to Hollywood and take her. He's a fantasist as well. Uh, but that, of course, means leaving his uh, ex-wife and simply walking out on him. Uh, he's got some money. And obviously, Richard, if you actually have been selling pot, you inevitably would hang around the joint. It's a done deal. Very good, Alex. I can see you doing real I'm just, well. I'm just alerting the listener to, of course, your, your way of actually sort of inserting these little snippets in terms of your reviews. That's all. Well, footnote. This, uh, the, this, is, this movie isn't a footnote because, firstly, it's very funny. Uh, and secondly, uh, directed by Sean Baker, uh, he has used non-act 
actors. It adds a certain documentary feel to it, and it's rather interesting, because I'm trying to look up members of the cast I'd never heard, other than uh, Simon Rex is well-known, apparently. I, I didn't know him in about eight years. Uh, I hadn't heard of the others. The reason is because they aren't online, because on Wikipedia, because they aren't actors as such, and it does work. It works wonderfully well. I'm also impressed by the visuals in this movie because as a fantasist, somebody who sees Strawberry as his next porn creation, uh, he um, keeps looking at her in terms which where you see the pink of the bedroom, even her house has a certain glow to it and so on. So a lot of playing around with the visuals here. Uh, you're really dealing with a depraved, uh, exploitative individual, but Simon Rex is wonderful. It's a superb performance that it's compulsive viewing. And as I say, um, but I admired this movie both visually and also because the supporting cast is superb. Uh, precisely what happens to him in the era of Me Too does everything turn out unhappily or happily? I don't think there's much doubt about what the answer there is. But the point is, it's a very, very entertaining movie and it's a real surprise. I hadn't heard of those involved with it and I have to say that I was very, very amused by it. So as Tom Schoen, uh, critic for the Sunday Times might say, Mikey is like a human car crash. You wouldn't wish him on anybody, but you can't take your eyes off him. Could be just like our prime minister. Never mind. Um, okay, let's uh, move on and find out. Yaz, is Red Rocket one for you? I'm quite interested, intrigued, and the fact that it has like, a good sense of humor, a little lighthearted, definitely might catch my eye. Two hours, eight minutes, though, could be uh, you know, a bit of a, a sort of schlep I for that one. 128 Alex. minutes there. <laughs> yeah. long, long sort of periods to actually look at a person through a donut. Uh, Natasha, what about yourself? I'm just citing the actual oh. cinematic poster for Red Rocket, that's all. Oh, I'm game. This this looks great fun. It, it does look like a good movie. I, li I like the humour. I like it. Yeah, I, I like the description that they gave. It's sort of, he's a car crash, but you can't take his eyes off him. He does seem to have that sort of magnetism about and charisma about his character, mm -hmm. just from the little bit of the trailer that I did see. Um, I'm slightly concerned as to how I might go about watching it, though, because looking online, it's a, I believe this is one of those weird cases where we got the film before you did. Mm -hmm. Um I believe it was actually released in Australia in January. So it's in the cinema. <laughs> so it's going to be a case of waiting to watch uh, when it's going to be released on some sort of streaming service, I believe. Uh, uh, um, only 45 days and, and half of that's already gone now. So I, I just sort of let it go, let it work in, in that sort of system. Failing that, just get into a, a wonderful rendition of Old MacDonald Had a Farm, which I think is excellent in so many ways. It's you can keep stuff. it going for hours. You just start you adding can. loads of random yeah. animals and then you just make up the sounds for them. It's brilliant. And, 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 and with Alexa also providing the same thing as well, it just, it just opens up so many delightful ways. Still, uh, uh, I, so, didn't have, I didn't have Alexa on, on, on my Gold Duke of Edinburgh, but I did have old McDonald's, so that, that got me through yeah. it. It works well. So it, 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 did we have a score? Well, yes, we, we agreed on the score of seven. Oh, um, Red Rockets, your score, Richard? I agree about the seven uh, for uh, Deep Water. Red Rocket, I'm actually going to ten, because for what it is, I uh, was... I thought of it as a scream, but also it's a wicked movie. So as a surprise, and I also like the, um, this idea of having non-actors in roles and they carry them off with a plum. I simply didn't know it. So, yes. 
you suggesting that actually all of those trinkets that are provided by Hollywood then are meaningless because at the end of the day, any random soul from the streets can actually be a perfectly good actor. And why I should we celebrate this whole acting prowess? Don't you dare say the Oscars are random trinkets, Alex. What I'm saying is in this particular case, it did work. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, Natasha, what do you have in mind for your cinematic viewing over the next week then, if anything? I'm hoping to try and um, to try and get a hold of Turning Red. Um, you know me, I, I do love a good animated. Everyone on the internet is talking about it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm triggered by the conflictedness of that because a lot of people are saying that, I, I, I don't want to spoil the premises of the movie for those of you who are not aware of what happened in the movie, but a lot of people are saying that concepts of puberty should maybe not be in a kid's film. And to which I say, rubbish, because kids should be learning about this kind of stuff it's not inappropriate um but I mean, R- richard i'm shocked that this isn't on your list of things to see a 13 year old girl turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited that has got to be uh right up the if it's william street of uh, i've got to go and see this even though it is animated alex i can only apologize <sighs> Uh, so it looks then, like, Natasha, though you'll be alone on this particular one for turning red. Um, and um, I mean, obviously, my sister, I'm intrigued. My sister gave it a seven. So she's already seen it. She's given it a seven. Um, my dad gave it a six and a half. So I, I await with bated breath to see what, what, what I will think of it. Hmm. I'm delighted your dad goes to these halves because actually they're very, very important, although perhaps out of 10, uh, most critics fight to get halves when it comes to marking a film out of five because it exactly represents your mood and what you think of the movie. Yes, it's turning red, one that you might sort of think is, is for you or is a case of don't be silly. I'm too busy in the last uh, drafts of my dissertation to even think about going to the movies. Um, I think I have a little time for a little song, but um, April 29th, like I don't Natasha know, said, us shortly. <laughs> um, like Natasha said, it is everywhere on my social media, and now I'm kind of like intrigued on what it is due to all the constant viewings yeah. I see. Turning red, and not, of course, anything to do with a fondness for President Xi of China and his Red Army. Could we see the same? You know, that another... we know of. That we know of. We don't know. We haven't seen it. And maybe that's at the heart of, of President Putin's scenario that actually uh, he doesn't want to be seen turning red, so he decides to invade a country. I'm just saying it's a possibility there. Um, okay. Okay. are becoming execrable. Could we just say a word or two about the BAFTAs? And what well, more? I mean, I thought I thought after Rebel Wilson had kind of totally totally trashed the whole thing, and even somebody who was commenting on your social scenario, Richard, said she was actually hopeless on your on your on your uh, Facebook feed. I mean, for goodness sakes. No, well, I mean, firstly, I don't think she was hopeless. Remember, I mean, a lot of the stuff is written for, obviously, of course it is. The point, though, I think she's got a pleasing personality and I think she carried off as much as was 
possible, uh, but there were some awful gags. Yes, the Sandman one and the cake with Benedict Cumberbatch's face that got uh, cut up and so on. Uh, you know, if you get poor material, um, I thought she did her best. The trouble with the evening was that if Will Smith is given oh, best uh, one wins best actor and isn't there, if Jane Campion, and it happened to clash with another awards ceremony, two others actually, uh, and she won best director, which indeed she absolutely should have, um, and she's not there, then that, you know, that is unfortunate. Um, also, Paul Thomas Anderson, Philip Chris Pizza wasn't there. Um, there were, the BAFTAs have changed. They were attempting to influence Hollywood now with 19 out of the 24 first-time uh, nominees. Uh, they're basically champion diversity and uh, world cinema and British cinema, outstanding British film went up to 10. They did, I think, hope to get, they didn't do too badly with the ratings, dumped some 3 million, I think it was, but um, uh, June and No Time to Die had nominations and June won five. I did think what kept it very interesting for me was that I thought confidently Power of the Dog dog would sweep, say, cinematography. I was convinced Cody Smith-McPhee would win for Best Supporting Actor and Benedict Cumberbatch would for Best Actor. None of that happened. And so I just wondered, almost until the very end, they seemed out of love with that movie. They weren't, as we discovered, because it won Best Picture and Best Director for Jane Campion, but it appeared that they might be, and Coda, which is a remarkable movie, Child of Death Adults, is absolutely wonderful, um, could suddenly, one, we knew Belfast wasn't going to win Best Picture because it won Outstanding British Film, so that it wasn't going to win both. Once that was the case, I still thought Power of the Dog would win, but it was I was unsure because it had lost out on all the earlier awards and the screenplay and so on, so... It was, I found it a very exciting, very glossy, very slicky. Richard, I shall, I shall quote from a comment on your Facebook feed from the curiously entitled Irina Irene. Uh, Joanna Lumley was much better than Fry, all this cheap girl with indecent humour, but who listens to what we would like to see? Who takes decisions responsibility? She then curiously goes into the whole notion of we Lithuanians declared independence. 32 years have passed. We became EU, NATO members. What is happening now? I can hardly believe it would have been possible. Who takes responsibility? Uh, or the leaders of Europe blink or the leaders of Europe until it is too late. I couldn't work out what she actually quite meant in that, to be fair, Richard. I firstly, uh, I, I wouldn't quote gibberish because you get plenty of it online. Secondly, I haven't even seen it. Um, and oh. certainly, if you, for example, no, but if you, if you tweet, I've just had 25,000 hits on a post that I put up a couple of days ago. Now, if you read, I think there are about 100 um, comments, um, you might find that some of them are a little eccentric. Well, I mean, <laughs> Emma Woods likewise at the Soho screening rooms with her dear friend Richard Fitzwilliams joined at the press screening of Elizabeth, a portrait, it parts. Portraited parts? Never mind. A unique oh, and inventive yeah. feature documentary about the life of Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, parts, uh, that, that's not my... Uh, Post is it? Uh, it, it, it? It's your. It's a comment on your post, Richard. Uh, that was actually resorted out. I prefer your Beatrix Potter thing, but never mind. That's what happens oh, when no, it comes absolutely. to social media. Absolutely. We all get very depressed. 
Snowden and Beatrix Potter is an exhibition at the Victoria and Albert Museum, uh, which commemorates the 19th century writer of children's stories who uh, lived in the Lake Lake District and helped to preserve it. On that farm, she had some ducks. No, 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 but it, honestly, Alex, you shouldn't attempt to sing. It's terrible. But Beatrix Potter's creations, Jeremy Fisher and the Taylor of Gloucester and Peter Rabbit and Jemima Puddle Duck. And I think, Alex, you would be an excellent Mr. Tom. Don't you? I'm just, I mean, I just like to feel that at least Beatrix Potter actually didn't have uh, strange activities with respect to snails and more. Anyway, well, no, she certainly didn't, but what she I did. I could see uh, Alex as Peter Rabbit. He's got that cheekiness of Peter Rabbit. He'd make a good Peter Rabbit. <laughs> I think Peter Rabbit, did you see the Peter Rabbit movie the, uh, earlier in the year? I, I detest James Corden, so. <laughs> I want to see it, but at the same time, he triggers me. So I haven't seen it yet. All my kids love it at my school. It, 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 I, I think Beatrix Potter, I mean, the illustrations were charming. I was brought up on them and I, I just loved it. And it was wonderful um, to go to the Victorian Albert Museum and just wander around this beautifully. It was, it was a small exhibition, but her love of the Lake District, they've got some mesmerizing film of the Lake District and she helped to preserve a great deal of it. And uh, she was someone who had these glorious little creations, Mrs. Tiggy Winkle and uh, Squirrel Nutkin and so on. So, you know, it, it's really wonderful. It's a lovely show and it goes on till January of next year. So I would recommend it. I don't know if anyone's been or if it's still running. Uh, my family's from Cumbria, so I, I, I went up there quite a lot when I was younger. And they have a um, they have a museum up there for her, and it's it's like an interactive one. It's just sort of walking in. You sort of walk in, and it's all um, like you're in that world with all the figurines and models, and it's it's beautiful. It's um, I, I don't know if it survived COVID, and I hope it has. And I, I haven't been since I was about twelve, but if it survived, that it's definitely worth a look. Because it's oh, they're, they're delightful in the illustrations, the uh, the way she, uh, she writes them, they're really, really sweet. I mean, I, you know, it's 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 something that's still they're very, very innocent. It's absolutely ideal for children and, and introducing them to the animal world. And you know, that's so but biodiversity is such an important issue. I, I just I I I thought this exhibition was was really charming. And let's be honest, at the end of the day, you can't imagine Adrian Lyne making a film about Beatrix Potter, or if he did, he'd have lots of rainfall and probably uh, unsavoury activities of bodily natures. Uh, that's by the by. Thank you, Adrian Lyne. At least he managed to produce some good commercials in his time, but maybe he actually should try and do something new which stretches his particular uh, oeuvre. Uh, so, Richard, any indications of what you're going to be looking at next week? Ah, wait until next week. There's a French film uh, by Jacques Odiar and another which has Mark Rylance and could involve golf. Yes. Well, again, the whole uh, golf scenario could be easily confused in so many ways. But uh, Mark Rylance is in it, so obviously it's got to have some sort of challenge. After all, he was very good in Green Lantern. To Natasha Wanton, to Yaz de Graaf. To Richard Fitzwilliams, keep on keeping on. And of course, most importantly, uh, keep watching the movies. And we meet on Oscar Day. So my predictions follow.
Mother's Day round the corner and uh, of course it's also the weekend at which the clocks go forward as well so we technically lose an hour sleep or maybe we gain it again in the autumn but how do we say thank you to our mums these days well best supposed to actually ask surely has to be a mother extraordinaire she does a whole <laughs> range of things whether she's actually looking after her children she's presenting she's just an all-round wonderful renaissance woman I like to think Jenny Powell how are you Jenny? Oh, very well. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you so much, Alex. Oh, it's always <laughs> critical that we actually sort of appreciate our talent. That's the important thing. Uh, we've also got from One For All Gift Cards, the fabulous Lou Hickey with us. How are you, Lou? I'm really good, Alex. Thanks a million. How are you? Excellent. Great stuff. Makes a change because normally we have Aoife from One For All, but obviously you're in today, which is That's even more right. wonderful. So it's a great <laughs> stuff. Jenny, let's turn to yourself. This, this research, which suggests that um, almost a fifth of mothers agree that actually there's no better job than being a mum. Is that the case when you're standing watching your child playing football on a wet uh, afternoon? <laughs> Um, well, what can I say? I, I you know, I'm, uh, I didn't intend on that quite happening, uh, you know, cause I've got two girls, but, um, yeah, for some bizarre reason, Pollyanna, who's 13, she decided that she was going to play football. So I am that mother that's, um, you know, at the side of the football pitch every Saturday, um, in rain, storms, hail, you name it. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, I, um, 
do you know what? Being a mum, it's just the satisfaction of, I mean, it's the pride, isn't it? I'm just so proud of my girls, basically. And that feeling is just the best feeling in the world. Um, I'm not responsible for how amazing they are, by the way. But yeah, it's um, it's just a feel-good factor. Or, uh, and uh, the, my favourite thing of all, uh, Alex, is when we're all together. Because Connie's at uni now, so, you know, it's difficult. Uh, we, we're not all together um, that much anymore. But uh, when we are, I just love those moments. I mean, Jenny, who knows, you could have the next Steph Houghton uh, uh, sort of coming in, in all sorts of ways forward. So, you know, it could be worthwhile sort of pro progressing that football side of things. Um, Lou, saying thank you, of course, it's also important. I mean, Jenny's actually just eulogised there about being a mum, but we know actually fundamentally it's important to say thank you. Um, and just share with us your own experience. I mean, are you a mum, Lou, for instance? I, I'm not a, a natural mum, but I am a mum to lots of friends and family's children. So I am Auntie Lou. I'm the one who dresses them up and does <laughs> face painting and loads them full of chocolate and then hands them back. Um, I'm not so sure that the mums in my group would say thank you to me for doing that. But it is so important to, to show our appreciation for mums for everything that we do. And it was interesting, Jenny, you were saying there about giving up your free time every Saturday mornings because... Uh, our recent One for All gift cards research actually showed that one of the unexpected things about being a mum was how little free time that you actually get to yourself. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And it really is the case. I certainly know that with my own my own circle. Yeah. And, and Jenny, obviously, mixing and matching your own broadcasting career with being a mum, etc. It's one of those things where, frankly, as a male, I don't know how you do it, but that's part of the course. Um, so well said, Alex. At least you've realised, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's taken me time, but I have realised. Uh, in, in terms of that, would you say that actually that um, reciprocity, if you like, when it comes to Mother's Day in particular, which is a, a time to appreciate, or all mums, etc., that, that the importance of just saying thank you is... It's just it's it's it, you can't overestimate it how 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 important it actually is. Oh, definitely. One of my sayings is sometimes when I'm really overloaded and I really am multitasking, like today's one of them, uh, just before I started uh, my day's work, you know, I'd had to, have, you know, I've done the school drop off, um, got the shopping's just arrived, got to walk, I've walked the dog um, and then I've got an outfit to arrange to come mm -hmm. in for um, an event I'm doing uh, tomorrow. And so it goes on and on and on. And that's not even before I start my real job. Um and it's just remembering all those important things for the children, which I've managed to do as well. Sometimes I do it. And of course, it is a thankless task. Sometimes I just say, thankless task that it's never going to, it's just going to go unnoticed. So, you know, it, it's great with, um, you know, j just being able to on one day just say, do you know what? It's not a thankless task, mum, and we do really appreciate you. Um, it's so important. And, and, and we don't take that day for granted either. Um, so please don't forget. <laughs> uh, and Lou from your own perspective um, just looking with one for all gift cards is that really a useful gift to actually just show that you know you can you can have all sorts of things within that which can actually help just show that appreciation a little bit more for our mums well, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, Alex, I was chatting with a couple of friends a few weeks ago at brunch and we were discussing Mother's Day and what we would be able to get um, our mums as presents. And one of my friends was saying her mum is one of those that like has all the latest gadgets and gizmos. <clears throat> she has everything. And whereas another friend of mine was saying that every year she buys her mum clothes. And every year her mom turns around to her and says, Suzanne, love, have you got the receipt? So the one for all gift card is a great idea because it really is a gift of choice. You know, you can spend it in over 55,000 stores nationwide. You can spend it online. But apart from that, when mom is spending it, you know, she's going to be thinking of you. So, you know, it really is a great gift solution. 
Jenny, a fifth of those surveyed said that it was much harder than they anticipated when they became a mum. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, people might be listening to this now saying, I wish I could be like Jenny Powell. She's a perfect mum. But were, were there any instances and times where you've had challenges and you thought, oh, I don't know about this, actually. I, I didn't sign up for this. This wasn't in the contract. Oh, many, many occasions that's happened to me. And by the way, I'm not a perfect mum. Just, you know, you know, social media, we put stuff out there. It's not real. <laughs> but um, what I will say is that um, just just sort of looking back, you know, I've, I've certainly had some really rough times. Um, you know, I had an awful divorce. Um, I had a baby that was like 10 weeks old when I, you know, when I sort of separated from my husband um, and I had an eight year old there as well. And, you know, there were there were definitely dark moments for me, um, but probably I was it was more pressured because, you know, I was in the public eye um, and then I'd sort of not only was I pressuring myself about keeping everything going at home and keeping the girls happy and making them feel like there was nothing to worry about, but I was also doing uh, you know, things in front of the TV uh, cameras and, you know, on radio uh, where I had to still be that person that everybody expects you to be. So it's kind of a double whammy, to be honest. Mm. Um, but you know what? When I look back, you, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that mums will say is it's a guilt thing. You're always, you're constantly feeling guilty. Those are the sort of moments, the low moments when you're like, I can't do this because I'm not, you know, I'm just giving everybody a little piece of me and it's not enough for my kids. Um, and all I can say is, you know, you can do what you can do. Uh, and more than often, it's enough. It's just you who have these ridiculous high expectations and we really mustn't pressure ourselves because I think most of us are doing a really good job. Jenny, you clearly need to write a book on how to cope with challenges <laughs> through motherhood, etc. It, it would be a very long that. one, Alex, because well, I talk so are. much. Several volumes. <laughs> yeah. Lou, where can people actually find out further details about the survey and indeed One for All gift cards? You can find out more information. You can jump onto our website, oneforall.com. You'll find information about the One for All gift card as well as the new One for All favourites range. So that's everything from like beauty and spa, fashion, restaurant and so much more. So oneforall.com. Some great gift yeah. ideas there from Mother's Day. Lou Hickey from On For All Gift Cards and uh, the awesomely talented Jenny Powell. She is a superstar. We know this, Jenny. We, I mean, I know you tried to sort of put it to one side, but you are. Let's let's face it. I mean, you, oh. your predecessor, Lisa Maxwell, was good, but she's no Jenny Powell. We know this. This is the important yeah. thing. There's only one Jenny Powell. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> there you go. Take care and have a great day and a happy Mother's Day, of course. Yes, thank you, Alex. You take Thanks, care Alex. too. So the average person apparently... Uh, basically compares savings rates 27 times a year, uh, which actually arises considerably as you actually progress through the age ranges. But how do we actually keep an eye on our savings rates? How do we actually ensure that we're getting the best rate for our investments and so on? Well, we've got not just one, but two fabulous individuals to actually talk us through this uh, today. First of all, that awesome personal finance expert extraordinaire, blogger extraordinaire as well, Iona Bain. How are you, Iona? <laughs> Good morning, Alex. And we've also got savings expert from Raisin, Kevin Mountford. How are you, Kevin? Yeah, I'm good. Good morning to you, Alex. Excellent. Uh, now, Iona, clearly we've had a good few years where the saving rate has been minimal, to say, the, to say the least, and indeed very basic. But one of the, the byproducts of our interest rates going up is, in theory, in theory, our savings should improve as well. Isn't that right? 
Yes, in theory, that should happen. Um, we know that in practice, banks can be a little slow to pass on the rate rise to their customers. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, we could start to see um, some light at the end of the tunnel for savers who, as you've said, have had a pretty um, torrid decade with the base rate being at a record low um, rate. So, yeah, we're going to see the Bank of England announce its latest interest rate decision tomorrow, and that's likely to be a rise in the base rate. Um, and right now we need to be kind of getting the best possible interest rate on our savings, considering, you know, the uh, rise in inflation and the cost of living crisis that we're experiencing. So um, it's great to see that this research from Raisin UK shows that actually, you know, people are comparing their savings rates pretty often. And actually, if you're 16 to 24, you're comparing your savings rates 65 times a year. So it's great to see that young people are keeping an eye on their savings and trying to get the best possible interest that they can find. Kevin, from your own perspective, do you feel it's actually not to, not just important that we compare our savings rates, but also we look for the best deal as opposed to just saying, oh, I've been with this bank forever, so I might as well just stay with it forever? Yes, and I think that's the, the key thing here. Um, and interestingly, as a generally a credit-hungry kind of nation, there are a lot more savers than there are borrowers. And um, additional research we undertook at Raisin during lockdown showed that we were actually saving more than maybe we've ever done. Um, the savings ratio was um, at its all-time high. And, and savers tend to be active, as the research shows. Um, but there's a very different um, consideration around looking and comparing as opposed to actually switching. And we're very fortunate in the UK that we have a competitive financial services market. But I think we lack a little bit of understanding around certain financial terms. And that means we're not really maybe empowered to make the right decision. So, for instance, on Raisin, we have many, many kind of banks that a lot of people won't have heard of. But as long as they're protected by financial services compensation scheme, up to £85,000, your money is just as safe as it, ever, as it is with the big um, high street banks. So it's important not only do we kind of research and compare, but we actually be prepared to switch and get a better deal. Yeah, if I can just jump in there as well, I completely agree with Kevin that people can often just stick with the big four banks um, because maybe their parents um, were with that bank and they know that name um, and, you know, maybe it would be a bit of a stretch to say they trust that name because I think a trust in a lot of the big banks um, you know, fell after the 2008 financial crisis. But certainly people are very nervous about some of these challenger banks. But as Kevin says, they are, you know, fully protected under the financial services compensation scheme. And very often those challenger banks will offer better rates and better deals than the big banks because they've got an incentive. You know, they want to attract new customers. So that's why they're offering better deals. So, you know, it, it's definitely worth, you know, having a look at banks that maybe you haven't heard of and, and thinking about those alongside the big banks. There's no maxim I own about not putting one's eggs all into one basket. Uh, is it also useful to have more than one bank account or should you just say no I'm putting it all in there? Yeah it's a really good question actually Alex because I was really surprised that this research showed um, that half of uh, people more or less have only one bank account. Um, and, and that's a kind of similar statistic for those aged 16 to 24. Whereas today, I mean, it is possible to have multiple bank accounts. And actually, um, it's a strategy that I often recommend to people who struggle with budgeting. So, for instance, I have 
two bank accounts. I have one where um, I, I, you know, uh, get paid all my income uh, and then I will uh, pay all my bills from that account and then transfer kind of what I call my fun money <laughs> to uh, my other bank account, which I use for day to day spending and the fun stuff in life. And for me, this just really helps with my budgeting and it kind of organizes and compartmentalizes my finances in a really helpful way. So I think if, if you're, you know, um, at the moment, uh, using just the one bank account, you know, you don't have to switch that bank account, you know, over to an entirely new bank, you could always dip your toes in the water and take out another bank account with, you know, say one of the challenges and see what it's like, you know, and, and if you find that's a positive experience, then maybe you'll want to think about, you know, changing over to, to that as and make, making that your main bank account. But certainly, you know, you don't have to have just the one bank account. Um, and very often these days, you know, people want all sorts of different things from their banks. You know, we don't just want to kind of get the best rates. We also want good customer service. We want those banks to behave well. Um, and we want, you know, to feel like those banks actually um, treat treat their customers well. Um, and I've changed banks a lot over the years because I've not felt like I've had very good customer service. Um, but I've also taken advantage of lots of cash switches, um, cash incentives. Um, and I've switched my bank account to take advantage of those cash incentives. And I think I've earned about 400 or 500 pounds over the piece from doing that. Um, so yeah, it's well worth it. So I just particularly like my bank to answer the telephone without waiting 25 minutes listening to uh, uh, nondescript music, etc. But that's another issue for another time. Uh, Kevin, turning to yourself again, clearly the cost of living continues to increase. Uh, inflation's likely to head over 7% and so on. Um, what, what advice would you have for, for people who are listening to this and they're thinking, yeah, but, you know, national insurance going up, this going up, etc., etc. How can we cope? Yes, I mean, the, the thing is, we've all got busy lives as well, and, and money-related matters are not always at the forefront of our minds. But I think psychologically, just to feel that you're in control gives you a big positive. We are, you know, coming into the spring now, and I always say kind of spring clean your, your finances isn't a bad way of approaching this. But I, I think at the end of the day, there's no magic answer. We are going to feel the pressure on the household budget. So every little bit that we can do to minimise the impact, obviously, as I say, is, is a more positive um, outlook on things. So as I say, try and have a look across all the financial products. The chances are most of us can make more out of our hard in cash. So um, as I say, just to set a little bit of time aside will be well worth it. Where can people go to, Kevin, to find out further information about Raisin? Well, certainly in terms of choice for savings products, go to raisin.co.uk. That's R-A-I-S-I-N. And clearly youngmoneyblog.co.uk is always imprinted on our mind, Iona. Is there anything else that you'd like to actually mention as well? Uh, no, other than the fact that you can also find me on Twitter at Iona Young Money. Of course, absolutely stuff. Iona Bain, a superhero when it comes to finance. And of course, Kevin, Kevin Mountford, huge thanks. Take care and have a great day. Cheers, thanks, Alex. Alex you Thank too. you.